0: Wow. We, we have been looking at a subject. Um, we started it last week, and uh, we're going to carry it on for the next few weeks. And uh, we, we entitled it, God is Able. Um, and God really is able. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above and beyond, and more than we could ever imagine. And I, as, as I reflect on some of the things that have happened in our life as a married couple our life as a family um, and the journey of our our, our home and our, our life and i can see the hand of god the fingerprint of god over our life and and the protection and 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 just it's just been a joy and a wonder that you know there's been battles in in the journey there's been moments in, in of, of just crying out thinking what now what next how can we get through this how can we push through and 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 as, as, as we're doing praise and worship, um, the Lord, I believe, dropped into my heart for us to speak on faith again. So at some point, we're going to speak on faith. But it's not going to be just a teaching from the Word of God. It's going to show you how to live by faith. Because I'm conscious that there are many people who say, oh, I, I'm standing on the promise of God or I'm standing by faith and I'm, I'm believing for faith or I'm on a faith journey. But they have absolutely no understanding what that actually means. That you start sick, you believe for a miracle, and you see the manifestation. What happens from A to Z, what happens in that journey will determine whether you're actually on a faith journey or whether you're just speaking something out of your mouth that sounds good. And for us to see the promises of God Become yes and amen. There is a journey where you battle through, where you push through, where you anchor your faith, and you see the promises of God come to pass. And it's not just so easy to do, but I just felt in my heart it was something that we need to teach. Um, and and the reason being is because I know that there are some faith journeys going on in people's worlds right now, and if we can help you in that, great. But this morning is about the God who is able. And if we can see the God who is able in this journey, I tell you, the faith battle becomes much easier. Last Sunday, we laid a biblical foundation of our understanding that nothing is impossible for God. In fact, Jesus then turned around and said that there is nothing impossible to them who believe. That's you and me. We say there is nothing impossible to God. God turns around and says there's nothing impossible to you when you believe. And it's that kind of belief that you and I have got to have in our heart. Why have we got to have that kind of belief? Because he is God. And because he is God, he is totally able to do anything that he chooses to do. And, and, and sometimes we battle with that because we live in a human body with a human mind and these things are beyond human reasoning. You know, the walls of Jericho coming down were beyond human reasoning. You know, some of the miracles, all of the miracles in the Bible, when you read them, are beyond human reasoning. And because they're beyond human reasoning, they are supernatural. And God is a supernatural God. Otherwise, he's just wooden stone and, and, and an idol that we, we worship. And he's not. He is real and he is able to do something in your situation and in mine he's omnipotent remember we looked at that word meaning all powerful all mighty unrestricted and unlimited that's the god in whom we serve he's not limited in any shape or in any form his his ability to do is not limited in any way by you or me nothing is impossible with god or for god god's power is infinite and it is limitless when we think we come to the end of ourselves god the moment you come to the end of yourself see we all we battle through we do this we do that we do something else we, we 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 get on our knees and we pray but at the end of ourselves is god and it's that moment we step into God. We step into trust in him, not trust in what we do or what he, we believe he can do. When we get to that point at the end of ourselves and say, it's only you that can do this. I've done everything I can. It's only you. That's when miracles begin to break out. That's when things begin to happen. I want to make a statement that I believe has the potential to absolutely blow your mind. Unless, of course, you're an incredible scientist and then I think it still blows your mind, all right? I'm going I'm to make this statement. Jesus Christ holds together all forces of the universe. Jesus Christ holds together all forces of the universe. What are the forces of the universe? I am so pleased you asked me that question. I've been waiting for this for, for about two weeks. See, it's, God is not some sort of marvel character. He's not, he's not, he's not um, what was it, um, uh, uh, America, what, what was his name was, well, Captain America. He's not Captain America. He's, he's not an Avenger. He's not some superhero. That He holds the universe, the forces. Not, he doesn't just hold the universe together. He holds the forces of the universe together. There's one thing holding the universe together. He doesn't just do that. He holds the forces of the universe. Let me. What what are those forces? Let me. Let me. Let me share these with you because there are, according to science, science, there are four fundamental forces that make up everything that we know and what we don't know and science can break it down to these four things it is strong nuclear force electromagnetic force weak nuclear force and gravity being the weakest those four things Jesus holds all the forces of the universe together Jesus does this listen to this St- the strong nuclear force. Now, this isn't me being brainy and what I did at school. Okay? I, I researched this. All right, the strong nuclear force. Good job. Yes, good job. <laughs> I heard that. I'm now, wrong with my ears. All right, <laughs> strong, strong nuclear force. <laughs> the force that is responsible for holding atomic nuclei and individual protons and neurons together. That is the strong nuclear force. The electromagnetic force is the force that attracts and repels charged particles, binds atoms together into molecules, and gives life and causes electric current, plus many other things. The weak nuclear force, despite the name, the weak nuclear force is actually 10 million, trillion, trillion, trillion times stronger than gravity. That's impressive. It is the force responsible for some types of radioactive decay and transmutation of heavy, unstable, fundamental particles into lighter ones. I know this means nothing to you, or to some of you it means absolutely nothing. And then the last one, which is the weakest one, when you think the weak nuclear force is 10 million, trillion, trillion, trillion times stronger than gravity, and gravity is the force that binds the Earth, the solar system, the stars and the galaxies together, and... The weak nuclear force is 10 million, trillion, trillion, trillion times stronger than gravity. Jesus holds together all the forces of the universe. He doesn't just hold the universe in his hand. He holds them all together. Isn't that great? This is the God we serve. We only know the teeny-weeny piece of who he is. If I could find a Speck on the floor. Yeah, someone didn't clean properly. A little speck. See it? There it goes. Speck on the floor. And that is God. It doesn't still compare to the, the majesty. We will go for eternity understanding who He is. How, how are we meant to grasp the bigness of our God here on earth with these puny brains and your really clever brain? But. You know what I'm saying? Listen to this scripture. This is the scripture that tells us exactly what Jesus can do. Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. And he himself existed and is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the controlling, cohesive force of the universe. It's not just me saying that he's bigger. He's already written it in his word. He's already declared how big and how powerful and how awesome and how mighty he is. Why, when, 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 when Paul was writing this to the church at Colossae, he must have been thinking how big God is. And yet they didn't have a telescope to look into the, into the heavens and the universe. He didn't even have an aeroplane that he could go to another continent and say, wow, look at this wonder. He was moved by God through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, all scriptures God breathed, and is given for inspiration, for correction, for discipline in righteousness. He wrote this because God put it in his heart to write. That in time to come, we who have more knowledge and more understanding of the world around us than they did then, that we could stand here this morning and say, wow, our God is a mighty God. Our God is mind-blowing in all his ways. But you know what? When you begin to grasp how big our God is, you know, many years ago the the youth used to say my big no my god is big my god is big my god is big just in case you're working that one out how <laughs> god is well, when i was a kid i used to sing a, a song in, kid, in in kids church or sunday school and i said like, our god is so big so strong and so mighty there's nothing that he cannot do that's the one but do we believe the the song that we sing have we ever looked at that scripture and taken a step back and thought i need to see what he means about he holds all the forces of the of the universe together but when you peel back the onion skin and you begin to see the magnitude, the magnitude of how big our God is. Listen to this. this We've just got to go on to, to Psalm nineteen. This, this is just again. It just declares something of the majesty of God. That in, in Psalm uh, nineteen verse one, it says, "The heavens tell of the glory of God." Now I know they had better eyesight and they didn't have light pollution, and they're the only two things that they didn't have that we struggle to have these days. When they looked into the heavens, they turned around and said, the heavens tell of the glory of God. You go to a place where there's no light pollution. You go to a place where it's pitch black and you look into the heavens, especially at the end of, I think it's at the end of July or the end of August, and you've got the shooting stars, and you're, you're laying down, and you just watch the stars. It's just, it's just beautiful. There's a light display going on in the heavens as the, as the meteors go across the heavens. The heavens declare, or they tell of the glory of God. The skies announce what his hands have made. When you look out into the heavens and you you see the stars and you see the planets up in space and you see the odd satellite whiz past, he didn't make those. But, But when you look, you see what his hands have made. One translation puts it this way. His truth is on tour in the star, starry vault of the sky, showing his skill in creation's craftsmanship. I, 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 I encourage you. Is, is it the end of August when the shooting stars are out, Alan? Now, now. Okay, next time we have a, a clear night, all right, go out in your garden. I, I did this yesterday during the day. Go and I laid out in the garden on, on a bed and just look into the stars and look into the sky and see... You think I'm a bit nutty. I'm going fishing. I got my fishing bed out yesterday and I just laid in the garden with my, with my sleeping bag over the top of me on a boiling hot, sunny afternoon. But there we go. I encourage you, forget that bit. Go out in your garden tonight as a family. Have, have something to eat out in the garden and take a moment. If it's not cloudy, all right? It won't work if it's cloudy. But wait for a clear night. Go out in the garden. Just look. You won't, you, you. The wonder... Of our God. And you know, I, I can get distracted. Don't let me get distracted. Verse 2 says, Each new day tells more of the story. Each night reveals more and more of God's power. More and more. And then it says, You cannot, it says, it says here, you cannot hear them say anything. What is that? That's the heavenly bodies. You cannot hear them say anything. They do not make a sound we can hear. Do you know what? They Here on earth, you, you can make a noise. And, and because there are so many molecules floating around, and you're made up of millions of molecules, when you speak, you, the, 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 the sound around you, the molecules around, pick up that sound and enable us to hear. When you're out in space, you can shout as loud as you can. And you'll hear no sound. Nothing. You can have an explosion go. Nothing. Why? Because there are so few molecules that are out in space. So few that they can't connect and make the sound. But you know what? You cannot hear them say anything, the Bible says. How did they know that if it wasn't the inspired word of God? How did they know that you you couldn't hear it? With our scientific knowledge today, we know that we can't. But you know what? Because of the scientific improvements, we can now. Because of sonar, technology in space, we now can hear the planets. I preach this not this, but I preached something about this many years ago when Stephen and Michaela Oscroft were with us, and they keep reminding me about it even today, um, that, that I preached the message about the stars making sound and praise unto our God. The stars make sounds, and you can hear the beauty of the heavens, not with the ear, not here as they understood it. They do not make a sound that we can hear. They even put it in such a way, we can't hear it, but they do. Now we've got the technology through sonar being able to transmit into space that we can hear the stars and the moons and the galaxies and the black holes when they come together and the noise that they make. We can hear it. And then it goes on and says this, but their message goes throughout the world. What is that message? The heavens tell of the glory of our God. Their teachings reach the ends of the earth. The sun's tent is set. In the heavens. In other words, the universe declares the awesomeness and the wonder of our God. Isn't that amazing? I just really want to encourage you get out in, in the garden and enjoy it. That moment in Genesis when God spoke and He spoke the universes into existence. Do you know what? Millions upon millions of galaxies burst forth. It wasn't just, well, let there be a heavens and an earth. No, the heavens are the heavenly bodies that are out there when he spoke it. Every heavenly body. There's no more being created. We're just finding them because technology is taking us further into space. We are discovering what God created when he created the earth. They're new to us, but they're not new to him. One of the most enormous and brightest stars in the universe is R136A1. That's the name of the star. I remembered it. A136A1. That's the name of the star. It's One of the brightest stars in the known universe at this point. That's about as far as we've got and we've come across it. it our sun has a, a, lum, a, a, a luminosity of one solar unit, our sun. See, this, this, is, this, is, this is just amazing because God created all these. He is omnipotent, all-powerful. The luminosity is the absolute measure of radiated electromagnetic power or light. What we see coming from the sun has a solar unit of one. That's pretty powerful. But R136A1 has a luminosity, wait for it, of 8,700,000 solar units. Everyone should have been going, wow, how did you know? No, 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 wow, God, you're so big. You're so powerful. If our sun has a solar unit of one luminosity, and yet there's a star out there called R136A1 that has a luminosity of 8,700,000. You imagine how bright that thing is. It's not the biggest star but it is the brightest that we know at the moment. Do you know what it makes that star it makes that star 8,700,000 times brighter and more powerful than our sun. 8,700,000 times brighter and powerful. The sun creates all of earth's natural energy and our sun at its core is 14 to 15 million degrees your pizza will be done in no time (laughs) or your sunday roast that's how powerful our sun is and yet out there in the galaxies when god said let there be there was Let there be light, uh, 186,000 miles per second. Light has continued because light's not stopped. It is still going, 186,000 miles per second. And when he created the heavens and the earth, everything was created in that one moment, all the heavenly bodies. And yet we keep discovering them from forever and ever because we can't reach beyond where he is every solar unit and every degree that is out in space exists because of God and without him it would not exist then think about your problem think about your world think about what you're going through think about what you're believing for Think about your hopes, dreams and desires and then match them with him. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. There is nothing too difficult for him. Now, I'm aware that I'm going to finish in five minutes. I don't want to today. I want to finish this because I think it's important that we hear this. So I'm going to go a little bit longer. I may eat into a bit of our fellowship time, but I think it's worth it. You okay with that? All right, good. Whether you are or not, I'm going to (laughs) anyway. I just wanted to ask permission, you know. I just wanted to bring you in the journey. Is there anything too hard for me? When you think God asks that question, Jeremiah 32, verse 17. Oh Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth. Look at how many times the men and the women of the Bible declare the heavens and the earth, the heavens that you've made, the things that you've created. What are they doing? They're looking at creation around them and saying, you're bigger than me. You're bigger than my issue. You're bigger than my problem. You have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm, there is nothing too hard for you. What an incredible declaration. When was the last time you took hold of a declaration like that? And you said, there is nothing too hard for you. You, you took it not just as a, a, as a passage in the Bible, but you say, I'm going to wage a warfare right now. I'm going to stand upon the promises of God. There is nothing too hard for you. And this morning, that's what I want us to do. I want us, in this very moment, I want us to take a hold of that scripture. Have I got another scripture before it? No. I want us to take a hold of that scripture. You know your life, you know your journey, you know the heartache, the pain, the suffering, the, the concern, whatever it is, whatever right now is playing most on your heart and in your life and in your journey, I want you right now to declare in your heart, there is nothing. Let's close our eyes. Let's focus on God. Let's think about the awesomeness of our God and let's just declare over our life, there is nothing too hard for you. Right now, that could be declaring over a family member. There is nothing. Too hard for you. There is no person too hard for you. Then you may have received uh, a a diagnosis from a medical uh, doctor or a physician. You may have uh, walked with a sickness in your life. But this morning, let's declare over our life there is nothing too hard for you. There is nothing. There is no Thing that is too hard for our God you may be dealing with depression or anxiety right now let's declare over your life there is nothing too hard for you because this is what the word of God says they looked at the heavens they acknowledged that with his outstretched arm he threw them into the universe. And then they made this de- declaration there is nothing too hard for you. Whenever whatever you may be going through this morning there is nothing too hard for God. Nothing. And when we go a few verses ahead you know that was uh, Jeremiah 32:17 we're going to have a look at Jeremiah 32:27. This is God's response. God's response said, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Now he's asking the question of you and me. One moment there's a declaration, there's nothing too hard for you. Now he's saying, do you believe that? Do you believe that there is nothing? Is there anything too hard for me? Is there, is there anything too hard? Is this family situation too hard? Is this sickness too hard? Is that depression too hard? Have you struggled for too long? There is absolutely nothing too hard for me, says the Lord. We just need to bring it to the cross and say, Father, not my will, but yours be done. And then step away. And then keep thanking him. I know you're dealing with this. I know you're dealing with this. I know your word has declared over my body that by your stripes I am healed. That above all things I will prosper and be in health, even as my soul prospers. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his promises and all his benefits, who forgives my iniquities, who heals my diseases, who redeems my life from destruction. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything? I've written these down. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to dig into these. There is no promise too hard for the Lord to fulfill. There is no prayer too hard for the Lord to answer. There is no problem too hard for the Lord to solve. There is no place too hard for the Lord to revive. And there is no person too hard for the Lord to save. We're going to dig into those in the next couple of weeks because there is no person, no thing, no place that God cannot move in power and might. I wish I had a coin on me. Flip side of the coin. Pretend I have a coin. The flip side. God has limited himself to only acts that are consistent with his righteous and loving character. Therefore, God's power is self-restrained. Only he can restrain himself of what he can and cannot do. He cannot do evil. He cannot do anything wrong. He cannot lie. He cannot do anything that is sinful. He cannot be tempted. He cannot do anything that is contrary to his will. He cannot go back on his word or his promises, and he cannot deny himself. There are things that God cannot do. He is all-powerful when it comes to doing things that are right, but he has absolute no power to do things that are wrong. That is our God. Our God is an awesome God. No matter how chaotic our world, our circumstances are. And I tell you what, at times I can look at my world and I think, I feel like I'm spinning out of control. No matter how chaotic our circumstances are. No matter how dark they are around us. Or how uncertain our future may feel we need to remember God is in control and he holds together all the forces of our universe therefore there is nothing too hard for him I'm going to finish with this scripture Ephesians three twenty. never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this I had to finish with this scripture because when you see the glory of the Lord, when you see his might and majesty, and then you turn to this scripture, it just begins to make more sense. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and to accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. Your most unbelievable dream And exceed your wildest imaginations, he will outdo them all. For his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Isn't that amazing? Don't let this be a word, let it drop in the core of your being. In those moments when you take a step of faith and you say, God, I'm believing you, this word will come back to your heart and to your mind and say, God, if I'm on this journey of faith and if if I'm, if I'm believing for a miracle to take place, I know that you're able because you're a miracle working God. Father, I thank you right across this room this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that every word that you've spoken in your, in your covenant is yes and amen to each and every one of us. Father, I thank you that you uphold your word to perform it. Father, I thank you today. There is nothing too hard for you. In those family situations this morning, I pray And I declare, I declare household salvation and a turning around of the circumstances of those lives that they themselves will be found to be in their right mind, sound in their thinking, sound in thought and in action and deed, whom the sun sets free. Is free indeed. I release, Lord, the Spirit of God to move in these family situations. We take authority over the works of darkness. We take authority over the lives of those that He wants to take for His own. We release this morning the Spirit of grace to minister and to bring clarity. To break off the bonds of darkness. And to release the spirit of life and truth. You did it with the madman of Gadara. I thank you, Father, you can do that in their right mind right now. In Jesus' name. Our God is an awesome God. In Jesus' name. Amen.